Welcome, everyone, to the Courageous Truth Podcast, where we strive to live courageously through the lens of Scripture and build courageous lives in a world that is driven by fear. Your host is a proud parent, a proud pastor, a proud business owner, and a proud American. Tune in today for your dose of courageous truth. And now, your host, Eric Lundberg. Welcome, everyone, to the Courageous Truth Podcast. As always, I'm very honored that you have chosen to spend a little bit of time with me today. Thank you for all the support from last week's episode. I'm trying to get them out a couple days before Sunday now, Thursday, or or Friday because of planting a church and having a different podcast where we're launching more biblical content and sermons of the week and, and that type of thing. And this is more, as always, it's focused on what's going on in the world and really just just a call to Christians everywhere to take a righteous stand for the truth and a courageous stand for the truth in this hour. I'm going to open up by reading a scripture out of Matthew chapter 10. I'm going to read 34 and uh, we'll see where we stop. I'm going to start at 34 and I'll just stop when, when I get there. This is Jesus talking. Matthew, I'm going to read out of the ESV version. Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set man against his father and a daughter against his, her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and a person's enemies will be those of his own household. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and whoever loves his son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Listening to those words by Jesus, it seems somewhat offensive, doesn't it? Seems a little bit contradictive to what it says because Jesus is in fact called and prophesied as the Prince of Peace, but yet he has not come to bring peace. What what I my takeaway from that is when Jesus comes and brings peace, that peace is a supernatural peace, and it destroys the artificial peace that the world has. And when he talks about loving your father and, father and mother or hating your brother or this and that, he's not saying that that's what we should do. But what he is saying is God is going to be doing a massive stirring, and we are really going to at some point have to evaluate the relationships in our life. Are they healthy? Are they not healthy? Are they leading us to Jesus or are they not? We are seeing the wheat and the chaff beginning to be separated in the world today and especially in the church. I am seeing people come to Jesus and come to trust Jesus that I never thought would ever come to trust Jesus. I'm seeing people move away from Christ and go towards social justice warrior type programs like I'd never thought that I would see. So we are seeing a wheat and the chaff separation. We are on, the church is on the threshing floor. I just listened to a sermon today. But we are seeing a, just a massive amount of that happening in our world today. And there's a lot of different things that have been on my heart that I want to talk about. Really, and I, 
I think we as believers, the time has come as we have got to understand the situation that we are facing. We really have to understand what is truly going on. I was having a conversation with a good friend of mine last night about the return of Jesus. And whenever you get into those rapture type conversations, you know that it's just, we don't know exactly what's going to happen. I have my views and he has his views and we kind of went back and forth. But what I realized is, and I just, I, I, I don't know, I'd never really seen it before. I saw this parallel between Job, the story of Job, and everybody's life, the life of a believer. Now, Job was accused by Satan as being one who is protected by God and nothing can harm him and all these different things. And we know if you follow the, the story of Job, Job has all his possessions and family destroyed except for his wife. And then Satan goes back and gets permission to afflict pain upon Job's body. And Job ends up in the city dumps. He was a prominent law official in the land, ends up in the city dumps, sitting in sorrow and has this grand and beautiful dialogue between three and then four friends and ultimately has a dialogue one-on-one with God himself. And at the end of the story, we find that God is sovereign. Job really has no clue about what's going on, but God has favor and love for Job anyway, that even if God could reveal the mysteries to Job, Job still couldn't understand them because of his humanity. And at the end, we see that Job has more returned to him than that was lost. And I look at that as as believers, we have we lose things in this life, don't we? We go through hard times in this life. We go through different difficulties in this life. And instead of trying to fight this social justice, trying to find fairness and trying to find all these things that will make us feel better on this side of eternity and hold on to things that we think are going to bring us peace, We need to continue to look to God and trust in his sovereignty because in the end, when we die and leave this life, we are going to have a grander reward than we ever thought possible. And I want to break this down into some some current events here, just a few that I've been noticing uh, when I get back from the break. So stay tuned. I will be right back. This is just a reminder to go ahead and hit that subscribe button. I really appreciate your support here at the Courageous Truth Podcast. Your subscription helps me to know how to create greater content and better serve you, my listener. Thank you for hitting that subscribe button right now. And I'm back. Earlier this week, in fact, I think on my personal Facebook page, I made a a live video of myself sending a series of emails to my Pierce County board officials imploring them not to mandate a vaccine passport or certification in Pierce County, basically King County where I live, the county north of us has implemented many vaccine checkpoints or throughout, you know, restaurants, any restaurant above 12 people, I'd really have to look. I can't, I can't remember. I, I don't even want to look at it really. But big stadiums, it's going to come part of the culture up in the county north to us. So I emailed my county officials and implored them not to 
even go to a vote. I received two emails back from two Democrats on the board, and both of them said, look, there's misinformation going around. This is not going to go to a vote, but you do need to get vaccinated. You do need to wear a mask, and you do need to social distance. You need to do all the things for the greater good. They use that kind of language. And then I got an email today from Amy Kruver, who is uh, 3rd Council District, Pierce County Council member. And I'm just going to read her email to you and uh, read it as quickly as possible so it's not boring. It says, Dear Eric, thank you for writing to share your position and thoughts to oppose the notion of a vaccine mandate or vaccine passports in Pierce County or anywhere in America or the world for that matter. I thought the idea was squashed until I watched the September 1st health board meeting. Later, someone showed me a tweet about it possibly happening. So basically, she's exposing the lie of the other two. Then I told... I was told that the acting health director of Tacoma Pierce County Health Department has the authority to unilaterally institute the mandate for the county. That's too much authority for an appointed director of any board or commission. Now you can see why local government is so important and why Christians should vote. This is ridiculous. I especially appreciate your vigilance to remind your elected and appointed leaders about your opposition to this medical mandate just as a government believes in preventative health care so we should too prevent policies and legislation that is not conductive to good governing or promoting the values and principles this country was founded on because that's our heritage it seems that we're operating under a new form of government government by emergency powers forced medical procedures which is how i describe the order ignores the sovereignty of the american citizen and usurps power not delegated to the government and dismisses history and then she goes on to talk about uh, thalamoid babies and some of the issues that they had. Um, and this is how she, she ends it. She says this, vigilance is key. Check out the health board calendar and try to watch or attend the meetings to be informed of what's going on with the decision makers of that board. Grateful for you, Amy Kruver. And I appreciate her response. And uh, obviously, that was, there was a very human side to what she said. And I don't even mean that just because she agrees with my stance. The subject line of the email said, criminal vaccination mandates is what I wrote. And I basically exposed them for being criminal mandates. And so she basically laid out, the, uh, she laid out what she had heard. And obviously, the, in Pierce County, these va- vaccine mandate uh passports could possibly be coming to a vote marty campbell and janny hitchens both said it's misinformation but you need to get vaccinated but you need to do all these things so basically they skirted around the issue not telling me the truth from what i'm hearing so there's a local health board director right now holds a lot of power and we cannot let these mandates come down to Pierce County where I live. And maybe it's the same where you live. Um, I know I have people all over the country that listen to these. Um, be vigilant where you're at. Understand the situation. Understand what's going on. Now, if you've watched any of the news going on in Australia, you will see a massive war going on between the government, local government, police, and the people. I was watching video footage today. They have been under the strictest lockdowns m- almost in the world, where they have not been able to leave their houses. They're not uh, able to go five kilometers from their home. They just have to stay locked down. 
They're not allowed to go anywhere or anything, and people are just getting fed up with the massive government overreach. There is a massive guilt and propaganda and shaming campaign. Even with the man, the vaccines, it's still really difficult down there in Australia. And the hard part is, for these people, is they have had their guns taken away from them. So the police has complete power over them. They're firing guns and they're firing rubber bullets into crowds of people protesting these mask mandates. It's, it's just terrible protesting these lockdowns, begging for their freedom back. We're seeing a rise of the global population that is sick and tired of government overreach on a global scale. It's a global government overreach. What that makes me think about, honestly, and you hear it all the time, the Great Reset, the one world government, People are, uh, uh, governing officials are trying to move towards a one world governing system. And when we see a global response to a pandemic in its rhyming and its mirroring from nation to nation, we're seeing mass worldwide. That's the fruit of the beginning of a one world government. What hap- Why is a one world government so important and so interesting? Out of that one world government, which is of course going to fail, there is going to rise a leader who is going to come and bring healing to the one world government. And that leader, the allegiance that the people pledge to him, many will say he is the savior, but we know him as the antichrist, the actual flesh and blood antichrist that is going to rise and he is going to come to bring healing to the world and he will be worshipped on a global scale as the savior and that's where the mark of man or the mark of beast in revelations is talked about because people won't be able to buy or sell without pledging allegiance to this global person this global antichrist this global beast but you know what we don't fear we don't fret It's a complicated situation. Even studying through the scriptures, it's complicated. But here's what we know. Our hope and our faith is in Jesus. But it is so important that we model for our children how to stand strong in this hour. How to resist the tyranny, the ungodly government mandates that are coming down. I I was watching, you know... I. One final thought here. I know I'm kind of all over the place today, but there's a lot of things on my heart. I was listening to a debate between Charlie Kirk and a certain professor, Rashad. I can't remember his last name. You can go to the Charlie Kirk show and, and listen to it yourself. But one of the biggest, ma- what they were debating really was masks on children. They're talking about, I mean, five-year-old, six-year-old wearing masks all day. It's total child abuse. Anybody knows that who has any heart for children, it's child abuse. Let the children breathe and read facial expressions. They're not getting enough oxygen. They're getting sick. It's just, it's a terrible thing. They need oxygen in their teeth and their lips and their, it's just terrible. I mean, I can't believe that parents actually send their kids to school with with that kind of abuse going on, at least in Washington State and other places around the world as well, but that's another discussion for another day. Um, but one thing he said was the, the Dr. Rashad, he said, the reason why the mass mandates are good because it, it get, it gets rid of what he calls a silo effect. 
silo mindset. In other words, when you're wearing a mask, it teaches you and conditions you to think for other people. He's like, the masks aren't there to protect the kids. The masks are there to protect the adults, the parents and grandparents that those kids go home to. And that is ridiculous and ludicrous on so many different levels. Number one, since when is it a child's responsibility to protect their parents and grandparents? It's the other way around. It is never the younger generation's responsibility to sacrifice for the older. It is the older generation's responsibility to sacrifice for the younger. So we're punishing children so your grandma might not get it. Well, your grandma should be speaking up and saying this is ridiculous. That being said, we are in a place where we have, as believers, we have got to take a stand for the truth. I'm seeing too many believers that they don't want to get involved in the conversation. They just write it off and say, look, we don't want to get involved in politics. We don't want to be branded as political. This isn't even political. It's ethical. It's moral. When we talk about child abuse, when we talk about freedom, God designed freedom. God designed liberty. He created the United States of America to be an example of what liberty truly is. Jesus came so that we might be free. He came to set freedom to the captives. America was a prophetic act, a prophetic people to show what liberty looks like what spiritual freedom actually looks like. And we need to stand up and we need to fight for her. We can't brush it off. We can't brush it off. Whatever voice you have, whatever platform you have, you should be informing someone. You should be staying informed. Anyway, to kind of wrap all this up, going back to the scripture that I talked about at the beginning, you know, we are seeing a great divide in our nation. We are seeing... uh, a COVID caste system be created in the world, all throughout the world, and especially in America. I'm going to play this clip from our president, Joe Biden, right now, and I want you to listen to the words that he uses because he's reading a teleprompter so you know that someone actually thought these words through and let him say them, and you will see the divisive nature in what he says. This is totally unacceptable. The vast majority of Americans are doing the right thing. Three quarters of the eligible have gotten at least one shot. But one quarter has not gotten any. In a country as large as ours, that's 25% minority, can cause an awful lot of damage. And they are causing a lot of damage. The unvaccinated overcrowd our hospitals, overrunning emergency rooms and intensive care units leaving no room for someone with a heart attack or a cancer operation needed to get the life-saving care because the places where they would get that care are crowded. They are not available. The unvaccinated also put our economy at risk, recovery at risk, causing unease in the economy around the, and uh, causing unease around the kitchen table. I can imagine what's going on in the conversations this morning, a lot of parents wondering what's going to happen. What's going to happen? Those who've been vaccinated, what's going to happen? Potentially slowing economic growth, costing jobs. The refusal has cost all of us. The refusal to get vaccinated has cost all of us. I'm moving forward with vaccination requirements wherever I can. 
I have a real hard hard time listening to him because his words are so device. I mean, he said six months ago that he wouldn't mandate vaccines, nor would he mandate masks. And I, I, I'm, I'm going to play that actually right now. So I want you to listen. I want you to listen to Joe Biden saying he will not mandate vaccines, nor will he mandate masks on a federal level. So he completely lies through his teeth when he says this. I want you to listen right now. No, I don't think it should be mandatory. I wouldn't demand to be mandatory, but I would do everything in my power. Just like I don't think masks have to be made mandatory nationwide. I'll do everything in my power as president of the United States to encourage people to do the right thing. And when they do it, demonstrate that it matters. That's why I said in my inaugural speech, I'm going to ask people to commit for 100 days to wear a mask. Not because I'm asking it uh, to, for any reason to punish. This is not a political issue. It's become one. Now, either he is totally lying, which I'm sure is true, but or he really has no control over what's going on, and he's just kind of the one being handled. But going back to the scripture in Matthew chapter 10, talking about this great divide that we're seeing, there is a healthy divide that's happening and an unhealthy. The world is trying to separate people. It's trying to do a demonic wheat and chaff separation. What God wants to do is he wants to separate the true followers of Jesus with the people who are just, they're not really followers of him. People who are committed to Jesus and people who just want to go through the motions, the wheat and the chaff. God is doing a parallel. He is doing the true separation, a righteous separation. The world is just trying to uh, just confuse people and let them be lost and not know which way to turn or what to believe, doing a lot of gaslighting, manipulating. And like I always talk about, that's where we see this Jezebel spirit. So that's all the time I have for today. My real hope for this episode, I was all over the place and I apologize for that, but we need to pay attention. As we continue to take a courageous stand, we need to pay attention to what's happening in our local level. We need to pay attention to what's going on. We need to, uh, we should be in contact with our council members of school board members, our city council members, our health, our county members. We should be paying attention to what's going on at the local level. We should know them by name. We should be praying for them. We should be just knowing where they stand. I think that that is so important. And we've got to understand too, There is a separation that God is doing. He is separating the wheat from the chaff, and it can be painful at times. But now more than ever, we need each other. Those who are going to make it under the persecution that's coming, we need to stay strong and we need to stand together. We need to put petty differences aside and understand that biblically speaking, there is a great separation that is happening. And we want to be on the side of true biblical righteousness. So thank you for tuning in today. I hope this episode was an encouragement to you. God bless you and continue to take a courageous stand for the truth. Thank you for tuning in to the Courageous Truth Podcast. We live in a world that is in desperate need of courage and in desperate need of truth. Our prayer is that this podcast will equip and inspire you to live courageously for your family, your community, your God, and for your country. Be courageous in your stand for truth, 
in a world that is completely abandoned. See you next time right here at the Courageous Truth Podcast. Remember, truth requires courage.